three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. By the time you guys hear this, it'll be uh, be Martin Luther King Jr. Day, so happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. If you got the day off, uh, even if you're not black, do something black that day. Watch some Def Comedy Jam. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say watch Tyler Perry, but I was saying that completely sarcastically. Please don't do that. But... Um, you can go ahead and actually find the I Have a Dream speech, you know, obviously on YouTube there's uh, there's clips, but go ahead and listen to that. I actually listen to that every Martin Luther King Jr. day, so I will be listening to that heading in. I might actually review Selma tomorrow, too. That's actually not a bad idea. I might do that. We'll see. But uh, what we are here to talk about today is Bad, Bi- bad, Bi's, bad Boys for Life, which is the third. It's crazy to me that... The original Bad Boys film came out in 95, uh, really made Will Smith into uh, the star that we all know and love. That was really uh, his first uh, starring role as far as in the motion picture. Um, it's crazy to me that back in 95, because of where Martin Lawrence was in his career at the time, he got top billing because, you know, he hadn't, I mean, Martin was one of those, those black shows, one of the most successful uh Shows at the time, Martin Lawrence got top billing. Uh, now, you know, all these years later, uh, it's Will Smith <laughs> getting top billing, as well as should be, by the way. I mean, mul- multiple time uh, Oscar nominee, Will Smith. I mean, yeah, is he the star that he was, you know, even back in 2002? No, he's not that guy anymore. But at the same time, his name still carries so much relevance and so much weight. And, you know, I mean, he's a great. Uh, Instagram follow, uh, to, to say the least, and you think about it, uh, Aladdin last year that he starred in as a genie, as someone who was talking a lot of shit about that Aladdin movie before it came out, that movie works way better than it has any right to, and also, Aladdin made a billion dollars, so, I mean, the, the highest grossing film of Will Smith's career was in a role a lot of people, myself included, didn't think he should take, and I thought he did a way better job with the genie uh, than he had any right to, so, Will Smith really showed that that, pun intended, magic is, is still there, and I gotta say in this, Heading into this movie, it was really interesting because you look at how the first film came out in 95, and then the next film, Bad Boys 2, came out in 03, so that's a nine-year gap. And you look at Bad Boys 2 coming out in 03, and Bad Boys for Life, and I gotta say, by the way, they should just call this Bad Boys 3, because the, the fourth Bad Boys, which will happen... That's, it's right there, Bad Boys 4 Life. Like, it's right there. Like, how no one went, hey, let's call this Bad Boys 3. I was slightly irritated <laughs> when I when I thought about that. I was like, oh, come on, guys. You could have... It's like, all right, dumb. Maybe it'll be Bad Boys Forever. Oh, boom. There you go. Bad Boys number four ever. Boom. There's your next title. But... Um, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence return, of course, as uh, Detective Mike Lowry and uh, Detective Marcus uh, Burnett, respectively. And I gotta say, Will Smith, uh, he's most, how old is Will Smith? He's gotta be late 40s. Uh, 
I mean, he's, oh my god, Will Smith is 51. That is a trip. September 25th, 1968. Oh my gosh. So, if you guys have listened to the podcast here recently, I saw Jim Night Man. There's a full review up on that. I didn't hate it like a lot of critics did. I saw a lot of people, some people who had it on their worst of, which, by the way, if Jim Night Man is on your worst of, you saw nothing last year because there was way worse shit. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate, uh, Tolkien, The Kitchen, uh, God, what else? Uh, the fanatic, just name a couple. Uh, yeah, it, come on, Gemini Man, really? That's what you're worth. Come on, but I thought it was a good. I thought it was a really good film. Uh, not, not okay. That that's too strong. I thought it was a better film than people were saying it was. It was entertaining. Uh, I thought the action was really well done. Uh, some of the CG obviously wasn't great, but it did show Will Smith that action star that we fell in love with, you know, during the first Men in Black and Independence Day uh, and Hancock, which is a very underrated superhero film, might I add. Uh, the fact is Will Smith still got it, uh, even in Suicide Squad. And I I know <laughs> I definitely have trashed Suicide Squad a time or two on the podcast, but Will Smith's Deathstroke I did not have a problem with. I thought he was actually really damn good in the role. So, yeah, uh, Will Smith, I think, still has it. Martin Lawrence, on the other hand... Okay, so Martin Lawrence, I've got a huge love-hate relationship with Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence, just off of Martin alone, has earned a lot of rope with me. Uh, of course, you know, the first time I remember seeing him was in uh, was in House Party. I saw him in Do the Right Thing uh, later, but uh, you look at stuff like, you know, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate, which I actually really enjoyed, uh, look at Martin, uh, the show, of course, which is just, to this day, is one of my favorites to the comms, you look at a movie like Life with him and Eddie Murphy that I actually think is an unrated film, uh, you look at Blue Streak, you look at, uh, so, I am an, I am an, an, I am an, there we go, unapologetic defender of Black Knight, I think Black Knight is great, it's, Dumb, absolutely, <laughs> but it, I don't know, that that movie hits for me. But then we look at the other stuff, like Rebound, which was not great. Uh, Big Mama's House, Big Mama's House 2, uh, Wild Hogs, Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins, good God, College Road Trip, the remake of Death in a Funeral, uh, Death at a Funeral, which, oh my God, do not watch that movie. If, you have, if you've seen the original Death at a Funeral and then you watch this one, even if you haven't seen the original, just don't watch Death at a Funeral. And then, of course, <sighs> Big Mama's House, like father, like son, which just hurts my heart to even think about. Um, yeah, Martin Lawrence has been on the on, on a downside here for a minute. I actually like that show, uh, Partners, that he had with uh, Kelsey Grammer back in uh, uh, back in 2014. I actually like that show, but only lasted a season, so... Yeah, Martin Lawrence, it's been a been a rough go uh, for him recently. And it felt like he was acting his ass off in this movie. Because, you know, who's to say Martin Lawrence would get another shot at a... Fuck out of movie at this point. But uh, th- th- what's, what's great about this is... You know how you have that friend who you may not talk to for a little while? And I don't know about you guys, but to be very vulnerable for a moment... Um, you get to that point where you kind of wonder, oh man, they're still my friend. Like, if we start talking again tomorrow, would it be like this really awkward, you know, sort of interaction? 
And I gotta give this movie a lot of credit. It it found a way to just really, just very quickly, right out the gate, remind you, hey, this is still Martin Lawrence. This is still Will Smith. Their chemistry is still intact, despite all the things that have changed in our world since the first Bad Boys came out. It's crazy to me that the chemistry is still there like it is, and how this movie, in a weird way, kind of takes some responsibility for almost the bullshit it's pulled over the last two. So, the, the plot on this one is very simple. Uh, Mike Lowry still doing his thing, still being a uh, gun-toting goon, and uh, Mar- uh, Detective Marcus, of course. What I liked about this, too, as far as starting off the movie, there's this big kind of like car chase, not even car chase, but this car sequence with Mike just driving fast like he normally does, and you're kind of going, okay, like they're heading off to a crime scene or whatever. No, they're going to witness uh, Marcus's uh, daughter uh, have a kid. And it's just, it's crazy to think about A, that, that actress, and they got all the same actors and actresses uh, from the prior films to keep kind of reprising their roles, which I appreciate. Uh, uh, I cannot find the brother's name who played who played Reggie, but they brought him back. I went, oh, that's freaking awesome. Okay. Uh, it, it was a really cool way to, to start the movie and to kind of let you know, hey, these are the same people you know and love, but they've gotten older. And again, Will Smith being 51 is just crazy to me. Uh, Martin Lawrence, uh, <laughs> all due respect to Martin Lawrence, but he's kind of looking more like a like Bob the Tomato right <laughs> from VeggieTales at this point. He just looks he just looks real puffy. Again, no disrespect, but they did find a very... Wow, Martin Lawrence is only three years older than Will Smith. He's 54. That, whoo, that's, that's something else. I, one thing I do love about this movie, too, is that they found a way to go ahead and write Martin Lawrence off screen in a very logical way. So... Martin, uh, not Martin, Martin and Will, uh, Mike and Marcus end up having this conversation after Marcus's, uh, granddaughter is born, and I really appreciate the levity that they bring in the conversation. They're talking about how, you know, hey, we're not, uh, we're not old, we're not young men anymore. Marcus has a line, you know, we've got more time behind us than we got in front of us, and I, I love that line. Just kind of, you know, hammer home to Mike, look, dude, we, we, you know, we don't, we don't know how much time we're going to have left, especially being police officers in Miami, which, oh my God, it's got to be one of the most dangerous fucking jobs in the world, being a cop in Miami, of all places. Uh, so I appreciate the levity that they that, that the conversation they had brought. So uh, basically, Mike ends up almost getting killed or getting gunned down by this mystery assailant. And so the rest of the movie is Mike being uh, going out for revenge, uh, he ends up teaming up with this new uh, uh, group uh, of uh, uh, this new group of like a mix of like tech and uh, uh, almost like a tactical a tactical force. I want to say they're called uh, I want to say it's Adam. I want to say something like that. Uh, but he gets teamed up basically with the younger version of what uh, the Miami PD is wanting. So. They had Dorn, who's played by Alexander uh, Ludwig, who's the only white dude outside of Joe uh, Pataliano, which made me really happy because Dorn might be my favorite character in this movie. He's this, he's this, like kind of bro, like this bro looking dude, but it's the most hospitable, like kind of soft spoken, pleasant, like very well-mannered. They just make you fall in love with him already. And my biggest fear, I was like, please don't kill Dorn off. <laughs> I 
was like, I want to see him in one more. Please, please don't kill him. And uh, full spoilers, by the way, uh, for this movie. I got to give the movie credit. The, these new actor, actors and actresses they bring in, the, the you know, Saved by the Bell, the new class, basically, they... They didn't make them annoying. It would have been so easy for this, you know, new school meets old school dynamic to go ahead and just go off the rails. This could have been Terminator Dark Fate very easily. And while I was excited for this movie, I was kind of concerned because, look, it's been 17 years since the last one. Who's to say they don't just, you know, fuck this up completely? I am a defender of the Lethal Weapon films. I think they're a lot of fun. I do not like the second one. I don't know why people do, but whatever. This is a better version of Lethal Weapon 4. While I do enjoy Lethal Weapon 4, you know, bringing in Chris Rock and uh, Jet Li, I don't think that worked nearly as well as they were hoping it was going to. The new blood here, uh, with Vanessa Hudgens, too, playing Kelly, if there is a complaint... I wish it would have fleshed her character out a little bit. Kelly really doesn't have uh, a lot to do. Okay, She's not developed enough as a character. I liked her and this scenes where they do let her shine, uh, primarily in the action uh, realm. I really did like the action scenes with, uh, with Kelly. It bummed me out because it reminded me of the fact that she was in Sucker Punch and just made me go, God, if I could have gotten this when she was in Sucker Punch, I would have been so happy. But... She's. I thought she was great here. I, I really liked her in this role. Um, the other guy who I recognize from uh, from Riverdale, uh, Charles Melton. He plays. Uh, uh, I don't want to say it's Rafi. I believe is how you say it. Um, he plays Reggie on Riverdale, and it was funny to see him. In this I was like, oh. He was in The Sun is also a star. That's where the other thing I was recognizing or uh, blanking that I saw him from, but. I thought he was really good in this. Him and Mike have this very back and forth dynamic. You know, you know, they show it in the trailer. The whole, oh, you know, like oh, looking good there, Grandpa. You know, making fun of his age. And I love the line that Mike drops where he talks about uh, Raf, uh, Rafi. I'll go with that. Goes, you know, he's like, oh, so you're that guy. And he's like, yeah. You know, there's always that guy. And Mike retorts right back, you know, until there's not, which is a very unfortunately accurate statement just going yeah there's always that that snarky asshole until someone you know pops him in the mouth so i i appreciate their back and forth and mike drops a your mama joke that i you you know how black people freak out when david blaine does magic that's basically what i did in the theater i was like yeah get him mike it it made me really happy and the way their dynamic continues to evolve and where it ends up i really did appreciate it now I gotta talk about the villains here too. So, um, the uh, so the main villain is Rita, uh, who's played by uh, Paula uh, Paula uh, Nunez, uh, and oh my God! So I don't know how old she is, uh, seventy eight. So I put over what like forty like forty two. She's absolutely gorgeous and terrifying, like genuinely terrifying in the way I went. Oh, wow, I would not mess with you because you would probably slit my throat. It was really, if there's anything you can say about this franchise, they've really missed a, I thought the French guy in the first Bad Boys, I thought he was really great, actually, but they, they haven't had that villain where you go, they're, like, they are kind of that staple. Even the Fast and Furious movies, you know, you look at Charlize Theron, uh, you look at her villain character, you look at even, um, um, uh, 
uh, Luke Evans, who I thought was actually a really great villain. They, they the Fast and Furious movies have had some pretty damn good fun villains, so it was really cool to see. Uh, it was really cool to see the fact that they went, oh, okay, we need to go ahead and kind of step it up on the uh, on the villain front. I thought I thought the villains, uh, both of them, were great, and I won't spoil the kind of twist. I know you usually go full spoilers, but I, I th- this is one I think you guys will actually want to not <laughs> have spoiled for you. The the man who ends up uh, shooting down Mike or trying to kill Mike, there is a very um, oh I'm sorry, Paul, Paul, uh, Paulo Nunez. That's Rita. Rita is actually an old slave of Mike's. Pardon me. Uh, Kate Kate uh, Kate Del Castillo. She's the one who plays that uh, Isabel, and Isabel is the the villain. She's freaking terrifying. So there's a lot. She was in All About Nina. I know. Uh, this is like the movie where I, I kept looking at people going, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> I could not figure it out. Um, she did this movie All About Nina back in 2018 with Mary Elizabeth in, uh, Winstead. And she's really good in that. So, okay, this is, all right, this is all good. This is all good. But the whole dynamic with her son, she ends up being the one trying to go ahead and kill Mike. And the movie gives... It's the for the first time in the series, the movie gives itself some stakes because you know while I love these movies, I mean they may as well have fucking stormtroopers shooting at them because they're never hit, they're never really in only but so much danger. But the movie this time does a really great job of making you go, oh, things are actually serious. There is a death in here. I'm not gonna spoil. Again, I know full spoilers typically, but I I'm trying so hard to dance around this movie because I do want you guys to experience this for yourselves and this is the most mythos that this film has uh these ser- this film has ever given in the series it, the fact that this was really done by two completely unknown directors uh, a guy named uh adil l uh rb uh, and then also uh Bilal, uh fala they really haven't directed a lot of a lot of film they directed a, um, a couple of episodes of uh, snowfall which is really a, a damn good show if you have not watched it um mostly a couple shorts here it's tv series here and there but really this is their first big thing that they've directed and for a film that wasn't going to have michael bay i was concerned uh say what you will about michael bay he's a uh he's a sexist asshole um if <laughs> Oh god, sorry. I was I was just imagining the concept of Michael Bay directing a Wonder Woman movie, and that just <laughs> terrifies me in a way that I almost want to see it. But Michael Bay not being behind the camera, it's a little concerning. And I have to give these two guys credit. You know, this is their first shot at bat for a really big budget thing. Budget on this was ninety million. It made sixty eight million. It's opening weekend here. Uh, it'll cross a hundred million probably by Tuesday, uh, combined with international. So the film's already doing well, but these guys did an incredible job of directing this. There's just enough hints of Michael Bay influence, but it doesn't feel like they're bound to Michael Bay's rules. They do a really great job of making Miami feel like a, its own character in the movie, just even the way they show people in the club and people downtown and the way that they shoot Miami during the day and at night really did work for me and it really enhances uh the film overall 
uh, Mike's whole quest for vengeance because he's going after the guy who shot him, and that ties into you know Isabel. I appreciated that just off the simple reason that it gave Mike a reason to be as reckless as he is, and. You know, they kind of pull the whole trust baby thing, you know, in the first Bad Boys talking about how, you know, uh, Marcus says he's only playing cop to Mike, which is a real dick statement, by the way. But the movie does a really good job of giving Mike a reason to be this vengeful, this angry, um, this pissed off. I mean, God, if someone tried to kill you, you'd probably be a little upset. Uh, but it does a great job giving him a reason to be this, this laser focus on getting to this person no matter what it takes. Versus Marcus, who's kind of like, oh, well, I'm out the game now. You know, I just had my granddaughter. I don't need to go ahead and, and do this anymore. There's a great scene that they show in the trailer, but in the movie, it's actually probably even better, uh, even better, uh, even more well done. Where, you know, you see Mike going ahead, put on his suit, getting back out, uh, getting back out there, going to find his killer. So he's put on the suit, and Marcus put on his bath his bathrobe and getting into his recliner and all that. It's a really great contrast of seeing the two of them uh, go ahead and just live the complete opposite life. Uh, and, and then the third act of this movie, because if there's one thing I can say about Bad Boys Two, the la the, the movie could have been at least twenty minutes shorter, because it's just there's a point where it's just kind of dragging. You're like, God damn, like wrap this up, and. While I do love the, the, the last action set piece, which feels like it goes on forever, I never felt like it here. Because you do get some dialogue, you get some context as to why Isabel is so vengeful towards Mike. Uh, you, you, you get glimpses of how they tie into each other's lives, and it's enough to give the film some weight, especially as it heads into the third act. I thought that um, as we as we kind of as I kind of wrap up here because I, I know I'm being vague on this review, but honestly, it's kind of intentional because I don't. This is one of those movies I just you know I saw Doolittle earlier this week. Lord knows I'll spoil Doolittle because I don't want you guys <laughs> to ever have to suffer through that. But <clears throat> but this movie though, there was so much here that worked. Really, my only big complaints are that uh, I wanted Kelly to be a little bit more developed. Um, I had a joke about Vanessa Hudgens, <laughs> but I want her to be a, a better developed as a character. There we go. And I just wanted, I would have liked the Gabrielle Union cameo uh, for her character, Sid. They had that show, I think it's called LA's Finest, and it's like on Spectrum TV. It's like the most random thing, but it's uh, Gabrielle Union's character from Battle Boys 2 and it's Jessica Alba, and it would have been cool to get you know, maybe you call like, hey, you're getting a call from LA or something like that. Something to tie it in. It, that that would have been cool, but what you going to do? But really, outside of that, I mean, the, I can't think of a joke that didn't hit for me. Uh, there is an action scene. Uh, there are two really big action scenes. I thought that were super well done. There's this whole uh, chase scene after they go to this club in Miami that I thought was so well done. Will Smith has a hand-to-hand -hand scene with his assailant that I thought was just, mwah, I thought was just absolutely beautiful. And then the whole last action set piece that takes place in this abandoned hotel, it's so well done. And none of it felt like that quick, that, that quick cut action scenes. It all felt very, uh, it all felt uh, intentional. It all felt like, uh, it all felt like they, everything was very meticulously planned out. I give them a lot of credit here. 
and even the few action scenes that Martin Lawrence is uh, is participating in, because again, I mean, he just has not stayed in action movie star shape. Let's just call it what it is. But I really like the way that they shot everything and the way that everything did have weight to it. The first two, they are guilty of anything, and they definitely are guilty of this, of uh, romanticizing uh, violence. And I think with police culture, especially now, um, the film was very aware of that. And so it took, uh, this is not glamour violence. This is more akin to Daniel Craig's 007, where the violence feels raw, it feels real life, it feels brutal. And I really appreciated that tweak because yes, there are you know nameless faces being shot, but every time someone's shot, the violence does feel like oh that's nasty or oh okay, even when the bad guys are getting shot. So I really appreciated that that tweak to the formula as well. Outside of that, guys, I mean wrapping up here for me, as far as a grade, um, huh? What would I give this? Hmm, you know. I'm gonna give this an A minus. I think this is a this is a great great film. For me, it's the best Bad Boys film they've done. It's the best one in the trilogy. And you know what? I'm gonna give it an A. I'm gonna give it an A just because this is the best out of the trilogy on the third movie. I think that's insane. So yeah, I'm gonna give this a solid A. I think you'll have fun with this if you haven't enjoyed the Bad Boys films. I don't think this will be the one that you go, oh my god, this, it's the best now. But at the same time, if you're a weird fan of this stuff like some people are because i know some people who have like like talked about oh my god this is so, like i love this is my favorite one of my favorite franchises i'm like oh wow okay like, fair enough but I, I everyone here came to play and there is a mid-credit scene there's not a in-credit scene but there's a couple mid-credit scenes including one that sets up bad boys 4 i think in a very interesting way uh, again, call it Bad Boys Forever. Come on, guys. You got this. But I thought this was super well done. So, yeah, this is a solid A for me. So, guys, Bad Boys for Life. What did you think? Love some what you thought in the comments below. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can go ahead and follow us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify at The Real Pineapple. Follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Colin on Twitter at the Real O'Neill. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. Uh, guys, uh, by the way, oh my gosh, I just thought about it. Congratulations to the uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, and now we can confirm the San Francisco 49ers. They are moving on to the Super Bowl, and I'm super happy because the Patriots won't be there. So I don't care who wins. Actually, you know what? I don't like Garoppolo. So go Pat Mahomes. But uh, thank you so much, guys, for listening. We love your support. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. We will gladly get back to you. We're going to have a review up this weekend for The Gentleman, and I will have a review for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, I know it's kind of random that I'm reviewing the CW crossover, but you know what? I saw it, and I've got some I've got some thoughts on it. So we will have a review up for uh, for you guys this weekend on that. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and we will talk to you guys this weekend. Have a good one.